0: What's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? Before we get started, we have to take a minute to thank today's sponsor, and today's sponsor is On Deck. On Deck is a business you can trust with over two Million dollars in small loans to date in an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. On deck is changing the way small businesses get financed. To explore the small business loan options that on deck offers, head over to the show notes associated with today's episode and find the on deck logo. Alright, enjoy today's show. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Dolores Tronco. Dolores, are you feeling unstoppable today?
1: Well, absolutely. There's (laughs) no other way to
0: feel. Yes, awesome. Let me just give the listeners a quick introduction and we'll pass it over to you to learn a little bit more. So, Five years ago, Dolores quit her safe job as an associate at a well-respected PR firm to chase her passion for the restaurant business. After quitting, she immediately immersed herself in the business, taking on a management or multiple management roles uh, to learn all she could so one day she could open her own place. It's safe to say she learned plenty and today she is the official quote-unquote buck stopper and partner at Working Class in Denver. She oversees the restaurant's operations and financial positions, but every Saturday you can find her as a server because that's what she loves the most. Uh, Dolores, obviously this is just a huge aerial view of who you are and what you've accomplished. I like to kick off every interview with a motivational success quote or mantra to get that you know ball rolling in the right direction. So what do you have for us today?
1: You know, uh, here's what I've got for you. So my favorite or success quote or, or mantra is remember who you wanted to be.
0: Remember who um, you wanted to be. I love it.
1: Yes. So it's really easy to lose sight, um, of where you started and sort of the pure reasons that maybe you wanted to get into the business to begin with, whatever that, whatever that sort of was. And I think a lot of us start out with really great intent and pure intentions. And then as the years go by, Uh, it's easy to lose sight of that as you become successful or don't become successful or whatever the case may be. So it is, mine is remember who you wanted to be.
0: I love that success quote um, just because, I mean, this industry has so much to do with who we are and why we do what we do. I think so much of our success is contributed to our why's, which brings me to my next question, which is why, why do you do what you do? Why are you in the hospitality industry? Like, what is your purpose?
1: So for me, it's twofold. I have, um, the why for the restaurant as a whole, and then I have my personal why. Mm. So for the, for the restaurant itself, um, It's tied to my belief that restaurants have a really unique civic responsibility, and that is to bring and keep people together. Mm -hmm. Um, In a world that is increasingly um, fragmented and technologically driven, there's nothing that – there's no technology that can replace the act of me – welcoming you into the restaurant receiving mm. you right where you are whatever the case may be right good day bad day maybe you got fired maybe you got promoted it might be a first date or a last date there <laughs> you might be catching up with friends you might just be too tired to make dinner on a tuesday night right Absolutely. but my job in the restaurant is to welcome you in, receive you right where you are and care for you in in a really simple way and that way is to hand you a plate of food and a drink and to say is there anything else that you need right now and that's that's a really powerful thing and that's something that 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 sort of humanity that's behind that right is something really special and that's our why as a whole restaurant um as a as a leader and as a professional um my why is to create opportunities for professional and leadership development for my team. So the people that are working um, with us, the, the people that are loyal to us and, and are making the, the magic happen, you know, essentially it, it, in work and class every night, my job and my why is to create opportunities for them. And mm. so that really drives what I do. And then it, it, from there, it trickles down into, you know, that guest experience.
0: My my heart is singing right now, Dolores, because of what you're saying. And the reasons that you just gave us, your why, your purpose, all those reasons are one of the... It's, So many of those reasons are why I started this podcast, to make examples of people like you who are doing it for the right reasons and to show people that if you want to be in this industry, if you want to be successful in this industry, you need to be doing it for the right reasons. And those reasons, those whys, those purposes are just all so incredible. And uh, just, I love how you wrapped up with, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about the people who I'm surrounding myself with and helping them get to the next level. And if you have that mentality, you'll go far. Uh, So thank you for getting this interview off on an incredible step. Uh, (laughs) I can't wait for Mm -hmm. the other questions or the other answers you have for me. So, I mean, let me ask you, was there a moment, Dolores, where you just knew? Take us to, like, when you made the decision to make this your career. Can you bring us to, like, that moment in
1: time? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there's, there's two, probably two moments. So there's the, I, I'll divide it into two sections. So there was the moment that I understood that re, a restaurant job wasn't just a restaurant job. Mm-hmm. And that was a really pivotal moment. And then there was a moment that I, I knew it was going to be my career. And so, um, the, the first moment, the moment that I knew that it wasn't just a restaurant job. Mm-hmm. I was 19 and I was, um, serving at a small, pizza restaurant called Roma's in Greeley, my hometown, um, which is just a speck on the map. Nothing nothing special, nothing very memorable, but it was a little place, and I waited on the same family every Tuesday night. They would come in generally right around 4.30. It was an older couple and then their adult son, and, you know, they were fairly quiet, but we always seemed to get along well. They always asked for my section, Mm -hmm. and one Tuesday, they walked in, a little bit earlier than usual, about four o'clock, and they had a big cake, um, but it, it didn't didn't have any writing on it. There wasn't any telltale sign what the cake was for. And they said, "We're going to have a group of ten. Can you can you accommodate us?" And I said, "Of course." And let me take the cake. And I said, "What are we What are we celebrating? What's going on?" And um, the the woman took her hat off, and she had very short hair, and she said, "Well, we're celebrating that my hair is long enough to get a haircut because I've." I've been in chemo all these months. We This is where we come after we go to the hospital. Mm. And the world just stopped, right? And wow. I had never even really, I just thought she liked to wear hats, right? <laughs> so this is this very, like, sobering moment where you realize, like, whoa, like, this. there's a whole other story here that I had no idea, mm-hmm. right? And and not even knowing I was part of that, that experience room that Tuesday. We were at a place where we, they came and they were able to sort of be nurtured and cared for for a little bit. Oh, wow. And so, so, so in that moment, I thought, this isn't just serving dinner. Like, this is so much more than serving dinner. And I felt so proud of what I was doing, and I felt so convicted that it was important. Mm-hmm. And so that moment I filed away, and, and I but I went to college, and I finished. And like a lot of people, I thought I was supposed to have a real <laughs> job, whatever that means. And so I thought, you know, I, I left the industry, and for several years, um i worked doing other things i was in a 2 year professional and leadership development fellowship program i worked for an nbc affiliate television station uh and then i went into the consulting firm and did that public relations and strategic communications work and there was a day that i was driving to work in the public relations firm and i had this horrible headache at the base of my skull mm. and i thought I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. And I, and my next thought was, and I know what I want to do and what's stopping me because I'm the only one that has to wake up every day and be miserable. Mm -hmm. Nobody else has to live my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was sort of the moment that it became like, I know I have known all along and finally I'm not too afraid to do that. I'm not so afraid of letting go of supposed to, who cares? Supposed to what, you know? And that was the moment that I just decided, I was going to make it work. And so I started setting up meetings and putting the pieces together. And before long, I was giving my two weeks' notice.
0: Wow. It's awesome. And I mean, we didn't give the full, you know, background of your story, but I mean, you started just to make things happen too from there because, I mean, you made the decision and then you made, like, you just took control of your life, it sounds like. Um and like yeah you're not going to get rich in this industry but as long as you're happy doing what you love and you can make other people happy like those the why you shared with us the you know of the you know w- or when you knew that experience with that family um this the purposes are all were all there and uh I mean you're just you're a shining example uh so I love it so can you share some it factors with us Dolores uh can you bring us to some of your qualities your habits your characteristics that you think um most contributed to your success?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So in no particular order, that'll be my disclaimer. So compelling vision, um, a genuine love and care for other people. Uh, drive, determination, tenacity. I just won't take no for an answer. Um, when the door closes, I'm always looking for the open window. Um, I have a really deep conviction about what's right um, in the context of how people should be treated. Mm. And I have the courage to stand by those convictions and stand up for them. Um, I have a great work ethic. I'm not afraid to roll up my sleeves and get in there and do the work. And um, I think finally, and probably most importantly, a really a really strong understanding of leadership and and the ability to lead, motivate, motivate and hold others accountable for high performance. Um, because really, having a restaurant is is not just serving dinner, but it is more than that. It's motivating your team. It's providing leadership for the the folks that are working for you. Because it is such a huge, complex operation um, that without the leadership, you really are never going to achieve greatness.
0: So let me ask, what is leadership, uh, if you have that really great understanding of it?
1: You know, to me, leadership is, is being able to, to, one, walk the walk, right? Mm-hmm. So if, we, if we're not doing what we say that we will do, then we lose credibility. So leaders have great credibility, and they build that credibility by being an example and living what they, you know, essentially practicing what they preach, more mm-hmm. or less. Mm-hmm. Um, Great leaders also inspire a shared vision for their team, so they're able to create um, a picture of where where it is that they want the team to go, and then they follow up by providing the resources that the team needs to get there. So, if that's financial resources, training, education, support, um, you know, adequate pay, benefits, all of those things, the leader provides resources so that that team can get to that goal and and accomplish that vision. Um, the next, you know, piece of of that is to challenge the process. They think outside the box. Um, they don't necessarily settle for the status quo. They ask questions, um, and finally, they encourage the heart. You know, they bring their team alongside and they encourage them, and they they let them know that you know that they're they have their support. And I think that that's such a, a huge those those things together to me make for great great leadership. And finally, I think they're not afraid. To make the hard decisions, to be courageous, uh, to let the person go who, you know, is toxic to an organization, um, to, you know, stand by those convictions, you know, whether it's with a vendor or whether it is, you know, with staff or whatever it is, but it's having the courage to actually Make it happen and not just think about it and not just talk about it. And that, that comes right back to the credibility piece, right? Yeah. Because when we do what we say we will do, we're credible and our team wants to follow us. And that's what great leadership is about. Lord,
0: I, Dolores, I'm sorry if you can hear me giggling in the background. It's just that I'm so pumped up because you are on a tear right now, man. <laughs> just crushing it. Um, giving us such amazing <laughs> advice. And I, I'm loving every second of it. And I mean, you, you listed a whole bunch of if factors. I tried keep up with your writing. Uh, vision, love, drive, uh, won't take no over answer, knows what's right, work ethic, and an understanding of leadership. Can you take one of these it factors, Dolores, and just tell us about a time where it just shone through with the story?
1: Hmm, let me think about that for just a second. I'm just trying to think one of these things. So I think probably the drive and determination is is one where I can, I've got a really pretty specific story that I, I think works um, so in, during this journey um, my dad got really sick mm-hmm. and um, it was actually some, some years before even the restaurant but he, he was still kind of doing okay and as the restaurant got closer and closer he got sicker and sicker mm-hmm. and right around the time that we signed the lease for the restaurant uh, my dad went into hospice and it became apparent that it was the end was near and everything kind of freeze framed in my life, and I said to my one of my business partners tony i said i "I think we have to quit i I think we have to just put the whole thing on ice because i I've got to be with my dad i can't I can't do this mm-hmm. and um and tony said you know, I I don't think you understand how much momentum we have and how special this is. Why don't you sleep on it? And why don't you have a conversation with your dad? And that was great advice. And so I did sleep on it. And the next day I went and had a conversation with my dad and he, he reminded me, he said, Dolores, you have never ever taken no for an answer. And my being sick should never, ever be a reason for you to stop what you're doing. And so, you know, it, this wasn't, this was a time actually where, where the push came from outside, but I was able to, to sort of take that and look at it and put aside my fear. And the fear was that I would have regrets that I didn't spend enough time with my dad towards the end of his life. And my dad said, you have my blessing. Go and do this and just make sure that there's meatballs on the menu. And, and there still is, if you look at our menu, there's New Jersey Ernie's meatballs and they are, it's my dad's recipe. They're still on the, the menu. They always will be. But I think what, what was, you know, in the face of, sometimes in the face of our personal hardship and challenges, um, it's easy to want to quit. It's easy Mm -hmm. to, to sort of say, you know, I've got to put everything on hold. And I, I think I'm thankful that other people pushed me from the outside, but I also, at the end of the day, when I looked deep inside, I realized that I didn't want to quit. You Mm -hmm. know, I, there was no way we had come too far. And so you know, you, you figure it out. You make it work. You ask for help when you need to, but you don't ever let go of that vision and that dream, and you keep working toward it. So that is probably the the story that I most think about.
0: Yeah, I can definitely hear your drive and your determination and that, uh, you know, won't take no for an answer, you know, definitely coming out in the story. And it's, it's so important to know that if you're going to – You know, set out on this journey to own your own restaurant someday. It's probably going to be one of the hardest, if not the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. And know that there's going to be challenges and know that you're going to just have to persevere and just push through those challenges. Mm -hmm. And that's a great example of how you did just that. And we're so happy you didn't quit because if you did, you wouldn't be here with us today sharing this awesome journey of yours and incredible advice. So great stuff. Uh, So just like you did sharing that. Story of success, that story of perseverance, and bringing us through the moment. Can you share now a failure with us, where you just fell part of my French, hard on your ass, Dolores, and then tell us how you got back up?
1: <laughs> you know, that's a really it's a really interesting question because I I mean there have been little failures, you know, here and there, right? There's there's like little breakdowns in communication and that kind of thing, but I have to say we've been pretty fortunate not to have. A huge failure and I don't want that to I don't want that to sound um I don't know I don't want it to sound the wrong way but I would say that a lot of of those failures can be avoided by careful thought and planning mm-hmm. right and so I'm not sure I hate I hate to to disappoint you but I, there's definitely challenges but I don't know if I can name an like an out and out failure what like about, it would be interesting to you or or our listeners either.
0: Can you think of a life failure, a time before uh, the restaurant industry, maybe when you weren't pursuing your passion, or did you not realize it was a passion until you didn't have it?
1: Um, you know, I think, I mean, there were definitely moments where where I struggled. You know, I look back on um, moments in college, you know, where I was just stretched. Too thin. I was trying to work thirty-five hours a week at mm. the restaurant where I was waiting tables, and then you know trying to be in school full time and 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 trying to graduate with honors and having this sort of you know and falling short in one of my classes. I mean, I I can remember I was supposed to be writing a senior thesis and it was awful. I mean, I wasn't proud of it. My my instructor wasn't proud of it, and he he said to me, he said, Dolores, I I think this is an example of you. Trying to take on too much and you need to learn how to say no and the reality is that in life we can really only do maybe two or three things really well and everything else is going to be really secondary and so i think you know in that moment he he didn't give me an a he gave me a b um you know he asked me to rewrite it and i think you know what what i learned from that was being able to blend the value of just being coachable being able to receive critical feedback and say you know what you're right i didn't do my best work here mm-hmm. i didn't i am i'm stretched too thin you know and i think a lot of entrepreneurs and restaurateurs can be guilty of, of saying yes to too many things especially restaurateurs thin, you know yeah.
0: because you know in this industry Absolutely. it's our, our gut instinct to say yes that's why so many of us are successful mm-hmm. cuz we want to people please we want to take on or we're hustlers. I mean, it's so easy to get sucked into that trap. I so I'm, I'm really happy. Oh, with,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's that's. I mean, I think that that's something that I deal with. You know, and it's something that I keep revisiting. And and it's about twice a year. I think it's about every six months that I look at what I have on my plate and I say, hmm. <laughs> I think that this has to go. You no know, or maybe I'm doing too much of this or maybe I need to say no to that. You know, and I think it's finding that discipline and and figuring out what works and then and then really it's about execution because just knowing it isn't enough. You have to be able to do it, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I think constantly checking in on am I doing everything that I can to make sure that I'm doing really quality work and that I'm not spreading myself too thin. Yeah. I think you know, that's so that's, one, that's something that I think people revisit a lot.
0: Absolutely. I think that's you know, a good way to, to take or a good thing to end this, this specific topic on is, When you say yes too much, you spread yourself too thin and you're not helping anybody out because like like the example you gave us, you're going to do poor work. And who are you helping when you're not doing good work or you're not bringing the best version of yourself to whatever it is you might be showing up to? So um, Mm -hmm. that's great stuff. And with that, we have crushed the first half of this interview. Uh, You're giving us some incredible advice, Dolores. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Today's sponsor is a business you can trust. If you have been in business for at least one year, have done over $100,000 in annual revenue, and have a 500 or better personal credit score, you meet the minimum qualifications to get a small business loan from On Deck. Anywhere from five dollars to $250,000 over a 3-24 to 24 month payback period if you're a fan of the show you've heard our guest mentors say a great path to success is through scaling not to go huge out of the gate on deck is a great resource to allow you to scale and to grow over time and to stay fresh to learn more head over to the show notes page of this episode find the on deck logo and get started all right let's get back to this interview all right, we are back. And the first question I have for you, Dolores, is what is your advice for getting that initial capital to get started? Where are you looking? What, you know? Who are you asking? Uh, what did you do?
1: Uh, first, I wrote a business plan, and I did a lot of market research in terms of what you know the, the feasibility of our concept was, what the break-even point was. I knew front-to-back what we needed. I knew how much we needed in cash reserves. Um, And so when I went to meet with potential investors, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, running and saying, well, I don't really know or making up answers. I knew the answers and I was able to speak to it confidently. And that made a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Um, past that, I say, you know, keep your startup costs low, you know, ask yourself whether you really, where you really want to spend your money and, and you don't need to go big on everything. You really don't, mm-hmm. um, make sure that you and others, if you've got partners, make sure you have skin in the game. That's really important when, you know, banks or lenders or investors are looking at, you know, uh, possibly giving you, you cash or, you know, they, They're going to want to see that you've got an investment in it. And I think the final piece is don't be afraid to ask. You know, you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to consider an investment opportunity. And a restaurant is a pretty sexy investment. I have a lot of (laughs) friends that we talk about it, and it's sort of a sexy ego investment for a lot of people. That's the truth. You know, people love to show up and say, you know, I'm an investor in this restaurant. They love that. So oh, that's, yeah. you know, there's there's nothing wrong with asking. Don't be afraid to do it.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I wrote down all the things you said, tried keeping up. And uh, you said keep your startup costs low. And one thing mm-hmm. I'm really interested um, from just researching you and uh, learning more about you is you're a part of a Justice League. <laughs> so tell us oh, yeah. more about that um, because I, I kind of saw a little bit of a hybrid between pop-up. And starting low scalability with food trucks. So um, is that a good way to, you know, get your brand out there? Is that what you were trying to do? Like, what was the purpose of that?
1: You know, for me, it was to establish myself as, a, as an entrepreneur and as as a sort of a force to be reckoned with in the Denver scene. So um I had it kind of fell into my lap a a friend of mine in the business had a food truck. He had no, he always said he had no cool places to take it. Mm-hmm. And so he suggested that we throw some parties and see, you know, what would happen and said, you know, take it and run with it. And so that was a great opportunity. Um And that's kind of what I did. So we would throw these pop-up parties where we'd have 10 food trucks, a bar, um, you know, uh, we would have a DJ and dancing and we would do this just like sort of, it would come out of nowhere. It was only marketed on social media. Um, so there was a sort of it factor, like you had to sort of hear about it somehow, you know, it wasn't really no, you know, print advertising or paid, paid advertising, anything like that. Um, and the biggest party, we had about 4,000 people turn out. So it was a pretty amazing, wow. um, sort of an amazing undertaking we did it for four summers and uh, then when we finally signed the lease for work in class we we finished out the summer and that was that we folded the justice league after that and i say we and um, two years into it i i brought in tony who is one of my bar- business partners for work in class and we um we did it together so Awesome. That is, that's kind of the story
0: of the justice league. Yeah. Earlier I had mentioned, I mean, you kind of took control of your life and you made it happen. And I don't want to like dive into the story because I knew it was going to come out later, but that was, that's, this is what I was talking about when, you know, you, you resigned from being, you know, from public relations and then you didn't just say, Oh, I'm going to, you know, you know, look and dream of a one day opening my own restaurant. You made things happen. You, you attracted all these opportunities to you because you hustled. And, uh, I think we can all just learn a lot from you and how you, you know, took action and uh you you know created your own fate like just by starting something, anything, you know? Um absolutely awesome stuff. Be a
1: player, not a victim. That's (laughs) what I always
0: say. Great. Um (laughs) you
1: know, it's that's that's the truth.
0: And how much, uh, I mean, I don't want to get too, we have a lot of questions, but you also have two other partners. And how much of, uh, how important is that to have people where you're well-crafted or well, um, you know, all the strengths of each individual partner is coming out and where you're just a well-rounded team? Is that, does that have anything to do with why you went with partners?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's incredibly important, and, and and so you know, in our case, we have Tony, who's really day-to-day operations. Mm-hmm. He's the face of the restaurant on the floor, you know, for four to five nights a week, and then Dana is taking care of the back-of-house side of things. So she's managing the kitchen the back of house staff and obviously developing the menu and that kind of thing. Um, and then I, I manage the business end, right. And we, we sort of jokingly say I do everything else. And so, um, but between the three of us, we, we think of ourselves as like a three legged bar barstool kind of, mm. you know, we cover all the bases and by specializing each in our own areas of expertise. Um, I think we're, we're able to do more together than we could individually. And that's, awesome. that's huge.
0: Great. I love it. So moving on to the next question, and let me apologize for Rosie barking in the background. Um, She always blows up my spot. This is definitely a bootstrap podcast, low budget. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next question I have for you is uh, on the topic of finding good people. I mean, when you're hiring, what questions are you asking? Where are you looking? What's important?
1: You know, I I always say you hire for character, not Uh, You hire for character traits, not resume traits. So, you know, a a candidate can have the the greatest resume in the world, but if they're not a good human being, then I'm not interested. And so my interview questions really try to get to character. I want to know if somebody has integrity, whether that person is a team player, um, whether they are someone who is, you know, driven by a desire to do their work with excellence, um, who is respectful of others. You know, and somebody that at the end of the day is coachable and willing to take that sort of critical feedback and incorporate it into their performance so that they can grow. I want people who are, are committed to lifelong learning and growth. And so that's how we hire to do that. You know, a lot of word of mouth, um, in terms of referrals from our current employees and staff. Um, we know quite a few folks in the community and we've been fortunate to have many people approach us and say, you know, I would love to work work for you please let me know if you have an opening um and from from there the the interview process generally involves behavioral questions where i'm asking candidates to tell me about a specific time when they you know demonstrated x y or z i'm not interested in what you would do i'm interested in what you did in a similar situation because past performance is generally the best predictor of of future um sort of action, performance, et cetera. So that's kind of our, um, that's our philosophy in terms of hiring.
0: Awesome. And when you find these people that are what you're looking for, how do you keep them on your team?
1: Well, it, you know, it's, it's so funny cause it's really not magic. You, you and sometimes I think people think it is, you treat them like human beings that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, people are not actually replaceable as much as many people, I think, and hiring managers, bosses choose to believe people aren't completely replaceable, you know, and I think when we treat people as if they do matter and that they are unique, then then I think that that's the first step. You know, you pay people fairly. Um, we create realistic expectations. We give them the training and resources that they need to succeed. And we coach our staff, you know, we communicate with them often. Um, we give positive and critical feedback. We let them know that, that we're invested in their development and success and that, you know, we're we're thankful for the work that they're doing. And, you know, we also have, have accountability in terms of performance. And that for us has created a culture where we've got a, an incredibly high retention rate. Um, uh, we've only lost um, – four people in just about two years of being open, which is just fantastic. So we're really, really
0: pleased with that. Oh, wow. Awesome stuff. And I just want to comment on and just, you know, uh, commend you on bringing up how you have to give your people the resources to be successful and you don't, you hire for attitude, not experience. And one thing that really gets underneath my skin is when you hear people saying there's just not enough good help out there. And you know, like, they're always just pointing the finger as to why people don't want to work for you. I mean, yeah, it's tough. I mean it's not easy, but it's a whole lot better mm-hmm. when you make sure the people you hire are have the tools and the resources to be successful and you invest and you let them know that you're invested in them and that you're here for their success and help them get to the next level. Um, and when people can really see that you're you know you're working for them and not the other way around, it changes a lot. And uh, I really hear that coming out with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I always say one of the most powerful moments in any of our lives is when someone that we look up to, a mentor, you know, or a, a boss or whoever, whatever the case may be, looks at us across the table and says, you have great potential. Mm-hmm. And I am willing to invest in that potential and invest in you. And I, I want to take you along with me, right? That's a really, really powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's something that doesn't happen often enough you know we as a society we've sort of lost a lot of our sort of apprenticeship Um, The way that people used to come up in business and they did have mentors and, you know, we had apprenticeships and we had all these things and that doesn't exist quite as much anymore. And Mm. so, you know, that's a, it's a really powerful thing when that happens. And I've, I've definitely seen that and experienced it firsthand in my own life with folks who have been willing to invest in me. And then also with my staff and, and me being in that chair where I say I'm willing to invest in you.
0: Awesome. I love it. So you're my Guinea pig. This is the first time I'm asking or asking the question on the podcast And I hope you don't mind, but it is, what is your biggest struggle right now um, or a big struggle you see on the horizon and how do you plan on handling that or how are you handling it?
1: So I think right now, my biggest challenge is finding a mentor of my own. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of being in the, in the spot I'm in, I'm 32 and I am, I guess, as you know, the buck stopper, right? And Mm -hmm. so um, I'm pretty young in my career still, really, when it's all said and done. And, um, I really would love to have somebody to look up to. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I wish that I could walk down the hall and knock on somebody's door and say, you know, hey, this happened. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't have that person. I don't. And so, um, I think that, finding ways to continue growing and developing my skill set as a leader. Um, when And many times I'm the leader and mentor for others, right? And mm. so who, who am I looking up to? And identifying that person and being able to develop, develop that relationship um, is definitely a challenge. Just <clears throat> finding somebody at, that you kind of click with and that's available and, and can kind of help do that. So um, one of the things... Um, that I'm doing is just taking active steps to reach out to others who are further along in their careers, kind of like what you're doing with this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that looks like, you know, saying to maybe a restaurateur here, here in town that has eight or nine restaurants, you know, Hey, what, what did that process look like for you? What have you learned along the way? And, you know, you never know. There might be a relationship that sticks. And if not, you know, even if it's just one coffee or one meeting, it's still valuable, you know? Mm. And so I've kind of begun doing that and, um, taking frequent, frequent trip, trips to New York City. I find it very challenging and very different than the Denver market and, um, have been fortunate to, have had some some meetings there that actually are are similar um but more in the new york market which i find fascinating so that's that's what i'm doing right now and i'm i'm hoping that one of these days there will be somebody that sticks as a mentor
0: dolores i would love to help you because i have an archive of over 184 episodes now with incredible mentors in the restaurant industry i'll try to hook you up with one of them uh but one other thing kind of on that, that note and ways that you can find mentors is there's some, so many incredible resources that exist today, many of them for free, podcasts being one of them. You already mentioned the podcast and how I'm doing that for myself and for others listening in. But there's an incredible leadership podcast out there. Uh, I know Michael Hyatt has an incredible podcast for leadership and personal growth podcast that I've uh, listened to. The Kick-Ass Life podcast is another one. So I don't know if you listen to podcasts, Dolores, but that's a great, uh, uh, I don't know, it's not maybe what you're looking for, but they say you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. So if you surround yourself with those podcasts and those books that are out there, audio books, maybe that might help. Just a thought.
1: Well, I, hey, I'm open to, you know what, I'm open to different things. I would love somebody in real time, no doubt. But in the meantime, in the absence of that, I think podcasts are a great place to start.
0: Great. <laughs> All right, the next question <laughs> I have for you is, can you share with us, Dolores, uh, your best restaurant resource, or if it's a book, or whatever it is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I have to, my disclaimer is it's not restaurant specific. But That's fine. I don't think that matters nope. because I it to me it, it works. So The Leadership Challenge, um, is an incredible book. It's written by James Kuzes and Barry Posner and um They did some really great research about what, what the five leadership practices are. And actually a lot of what I, what I've talked about today, um, I credit to them. And, and a lot of that is, came from their sort of study of, of what makes great leaders and what, talking about what the credibility piece and all of that. So I, it's a great read. I highly recommend it. Um, it was given to me in a, in the fellowship program that I was in, um, post college and it's been a great tool for me.
0: And that's a leadership challenge?
1: Yeah, the leadership challenge is the name of the book. Awesome. And um I actually teach a leadership class for our staff here at Working Class and um They, that's one of the texts that we, that we use and it seems to be universally loved by our staff as well as me.
0: Well, I can tell that you teach a leadership class because (laughs) you have a vast knowledge, uh, and some great words towards leadership today. So awesome stuff. I'll have to check that out. Thank you for sharing. Um, all right. So if you could just drop one bomb on marketing, what's working with marketing? Uh, how are you doing it? And what's exciting you about the future?
1: You know, I think with marketing it's really about making the experience memorable and unique um, it's about engaging all of the guest senses, and if you do that, they will absolutely talk about uh, talk about the restaurant right I think that 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 in house is probably the biggest thing and then so i you know I call that sort of oh, I can't think of it, the exact term I want to use, but I I always think of it as there's the marketing that happens inside the four walls of the the restaurant, and then there's the marketing that's sort of outreach, right? Mm -hmm. So in-house, I think it's that making the experience really memorable. Without fail, people will talk about it. I think that the piece reaching out is really about having a great narrative, you know, knowing the story of of why you're doing what you're doing and being able to articulate it in a way Absolutely. that that makes people want to be part of it. And so um, that's something that I think we've done really well. We have a very strong narrative. There's a real story about not only me, but my other two partners have incredible stories themselves um, and you kind of put that all together under this umbrella of what it yeah. means to have a working-class restaurant. And it's, it's a pretty cool story. It's yeah, a story that people like to engage with.
0: I'm on your website right now, and, I mean, I had a blast just reading about your restaurant. I don't think enough restaurants really – capitalize on why and really tell the story in the way that you have. Um, And I mean, there's just so much power in why and starting with why. And if you want to learn more about how to learn or to to learn more about why, to learn more about why, why is so valuable, read Simon Sinek's Simon Sinek's start with why awesome book. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but I wouldn't be surprised if you are because of the emphasis you're putting on it.
1: Yes. We actually, it's pretty funny. Our um, employee manual actually says, Start with why, and we have <laughs> time drawing in the manual, and we actually watched the TED Talk all together as oh, a group yeah. and when when we did New Hire. So, yes, we, we're very familiar with it. We love the Start with Y concept. It's very oh, really yeah.
0: powerful. Awesome stuff. Um, I'll have that in the show notes as well. And uh, moving on... Uh, Let's talk a little bit about technology. There's so many new uh, resources and technologies that we can leverage to be a little bit more productive, to be a little bit more efficient, to improve communication. Um, Are you leveraging any of these technologies in your restaurant, whether front-of-house or back-of-house or online with marketing?
1: You know, we use Restaurant Solutions, Inc., which is also known as RSI, um, shorthand. And so we utilize them as our... um, Essentially, it's an online software that allows us to um, use our system for our accounts, payable, payroll, sales, and inventory, or what they call the big four. Um, And by doing that, we get weekly financial statements, and we're able to... Um, kind of use the data that they they provide and those financials especially to make changes quickly. One of the things um, that I had observed in some other restaurants where I had worked was that, you know, we had monthly financials. Well, the reality is that four weeks out, you know, five weeks out, you're not going to remember what happened that made your food costs go up that week or, you know, it all kind of blurs together. But when you're looking at the numbers every seven days, you're able to be a little bit more agile in terms of making those changes that you need to make um, so that you can, you know, make the changes you know, tweaks whatever it may be, um, and and fix it a lot quicker. So we have found that to be really useful. That's that's kind of the extent of our technology. I have to tell you, we're fairly analog outside of RSI, but RSI has been great.
0: You know, but I mean, I think if you're going to adopt technology in one place, uh, if it's in data collection, RSI being one of the many players out there, is another player out there, Venga's another player. I mean, there's so many great resources out there that I mean, every time whether it be your uh, mark or accounting software or just your POS. I mean, all these different rec- these different softwares are talking to each other and there's always an opportunity to pick up information, whether it be online or social media. And if you can find a way to graph that and like you said, use that data to look at trends to make better business decisions, you're there's, it's a business of, of small margins and you're always missing those mm-hmm. little opportunities to make a little tweak here and there to really, you know, increase those margins as much as possible. So great resource. Um, they are in. They will be in the show notes page, uh, RSI, and I also believe they're on our resource page. So you can check out RSI there as well. Thank you for sharing. Um, all right, we're almost done. Uh, what is your best business advice for somebody starting in this industry? If you could go back to yourself five years ago. Dolores, and say, "Hey, Dolores, old Dolores, past Dolores, this is what you need to do. Here's my one piece of business advice.
1: Um, I would, I would tell my younger self not to doubt myself quite so much. Um, I had such an underdog mentality, and you know, humility is one thing, and it's a good thing. Humility is is important, and I talk." all the time about humility with my staff um, so I would never say I don't mean ego but self-doubt is something else you know and I think there were a lot of times that I found myself you know waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat going what if no one comes you know I mean that was that was the fear and I think you know, that if you do things right, if you take time, if you're intentional, if you start with why, if you treat people the right way, people will come and it's going to be fine, you know, and, and I think that I would have told myself, don't doubt yourself so much, you know, don't, don't be quite so afraid, you know, certainly be careful, be thoughtful, work hard, be humble, but don't doubt yourself.
0: Awesome stuff. Um, if there was one question I could have asked you, Dolores, that you think would have brought more value to this interview, what would it be?
1: You know, I think I, I one question I thought of was, what is one thing that you do differently in your restaurant that gives you competitive edge? What is um, one so
0: that thing was, you do differently in your restaurant that gives you competitive edge, Dolores?
1: Well, um, <laughs> I would say that we uh, we treat we we treat our staff as if they matter, mm. and uh, I can't, you know, we this this whole. For me, all of it—restaurants. It doesn't matter what business. It always boils down to leadership. And um, we talk about leadership, um, and we we actually live, we actually practice what we preach. And that has has for us that has made our staff um, respect us. They've stuck around, and because of that, um, you know, I have a staff of of people that have been with us for two years. So the way that the how that translates into the Translates into the guest experience is phenomenal, and so we do have a competitive edge because we don't have new staff on the floor every week who are still in training. We've got a crew of people that know our business inside and out and are loyal to us and are just as committed to you know what we're doing um, as we are as owners, and that is incredible. I can't I can't say enough about the difference that that makes, and for me, I think that's a definite competitive edge.
0: Awesome. Those are all the questions I have for you, Dolores. You've been incredible. You've shared so much awesome advice with us. We're all better from listening to you. We wrap up every episode by having you call somebody out, somebody you admire in the industry, somebody you think would make a great guest mentor on the show like you have for us today. So who do you have in mind?
1: I think you should talk to Hosea Rosenberg of Black Belly in Boulder. Hosea actually won Top Chef Season 5. Um, and then took some several years and kind of was pretty thoughtful about what he wanted to do next. He didn't jump right into opening a restaurant. Um, and he just opened Black Belly last year. They're doing incredible stuff. Um, and he's a really interesting person. He uh, finished a physics, I believe it is a physics or an engineering degree. It's one or the other at CU. Um, and kind of a similar story. He he kind of quit doing what he thought he was supposed to do in favor of doing what he loved. And he's got a pretty, pretty cool Um, story to tell, I think. So Hosea. Talk to Hosea.
0: Hosea Rosenberg from Black Belly. Look out, man. I am coming after you. I would love to get you on the show. And, Dolores, let the people listening in know how we can connect with you. Maybe they want to come work for you. Maybe they've been inspired by what you've shared with us and they have another question they want to ask. How can we connect?
1: You can connect by sending me an email. Email is great. Uh, My email address is my first name, Dolores, D-E-L-O-R-E-S, at workandclassdenver.com. You have to spell out the and in work and class and uh, I would love to hear from you if you heard something today that you thought was interesting shoot me an email
0: awesome and I will have links to uh, working class the website I'll have your email in the show notes just head over to restaurant unstoppable.com slash 185. This is session 185, and you'll find all those links right there. So if you're driving in your car, don't get in an accident. Don't worry about writing it down. I'll have everything hosted. Just remember, 185 I will take care of you. And Dolores, thank you so much one last time. Uh, You were incredible. There is no doubting you are unstoppable.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: My pleasure, and cheers. another episode wrapped up here at restaurant unstoppable thank you so much dolores for coming on the show and just dropping bombs of knowledge on us uh just just some great advice today and just lots of positivity and energy and a huge emphasis on the leadership and just staying focused in uh that work ethic and you know you're, you're gonna have challenges don't quit be determined Final ways to make your dreams come true. Don't let anything stand in your way. It's kind of what I got from today's episode. Awesome stuff. Um, so, like I said before, this is episode 185. Just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com/185. You'll find links to the books that she recommended, uh, the books we talked about, uh, links to RSI, and it's a recap of today's conversation. Uh, and like always, please just shoot me an email, Eric at restaurantsunstoppable.com. That's Eric with the C. If you can think of somebody who'd be a great guest mentor on the show, I'll have them on. We'll interview them. We'll extract their advice and their stories so we can all just be a little bit better. And if you have the time, please do leave me a five-star review on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. That really helps. Another way to support the show is just by using my links. Uh, Some of the folks that are the products and services that have been mentioned on the show, uh, I approach some of those products and services and say, Hey, my guest mentors are recommending your." services they say they work Uh, can i just have an affiliate link we plug it into the website if you use my links i get a little kickback and we can continue to have the show which is free to you and uh yeah uh, that would really help so i can continue to do this and uh i guess that's all i have uh for today so thanks again for coming out and listening along with us today and learning beside us it's been a lot of fun until next time peace out